let us pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Reach and Teach podcast. It is me, Victoria Baxter, Christian life coach, author, minister, and speaker. Of course, you can learn more about this online ministry at www.thejalministry.com. And today... Unfortunately, it is time for us to close out the Food for Today series in this VBS portion of Reach Online Church. We have examined so many different things. You know, over the past four weeks as we have done this study, I really hope that you all enjoyed it. This has been one of my favorites thus far. And again, I think really just because I've shared how I can be a little bit of a warrior, you know, sometimes someone who tends to, you know, want to... I wouldn't even say control things as much as it is I didn't always fully have my trust in God. So, of course, this is that good reminder to put our trust in him and know that we do not have to worry about tomorrow. Why? Because he promises and gives us food for today. You know, we examined how we have enough for today. We looked at manna. We looked at how, you know, he was clear when he said, gather only what was needed. We talked about the fear of the future, fear of the unknown, how we tend to overthink because of lack of trust and faith. And I had even asked at one point, you know, do you trust God with your tomorrow? And many of us, we don't. And I spoke about how we oftentimes save our leftovers because we don't trust him, fearful of not having enough. We have discussed enough for today. Give us this day and leftovers, huh? I shared last week my love for cooking and having leftovers at any given time. It's funny because I have a friend who visits and, um, you know, oftentimes when she comes over to my house and she's, she's an out of towner, but when she comes over, she always goes straight to my refrigerator. Why? Because she wants to see what leftovers I have. And it's funny because she, you know, according to her, she always knows that there's, you know, going to be a a good bit of leftovers. There's going to be, you know, plenty of things that she can go and grab from out there because I, I tend to keep, again, my leftovers as I've already talked about. And of course, her thought process is, hey, well, I I don't want it to go to waste. So just to ensure that you're really not going to ever throw it away, you know, this is food that I can have. This is food that I can eat and take home. Now, it's always even super funny, funnier, because I get to hear her mentioning, you know, what she's going to eat that night and then what she's going to have the next day. And then I'll have this for lunch tomorrow. And then for dinner, I'll actually end up eating this. And then the next day, it's like she has all of it planned out based off of my leftovers. Food for today, give us this day, I'll take your leftovers. (laughs) Matthew 6 is one of those, um, it's like a chapter in the Bible that I feel as if it's, it's very special. It's quite important, you know, for various reasons. And those of you who have your Bibles out right now, since this is Bible study, You can take your Bibles out and turn to Matthew 6, and I know that this podcast is not going to last long at all. This is literally just going to be a few minutes because I I believe I've said so much over the past few weeks, and I just feel as if closing this out 
there's really not a whole lot that needs to be said. And I say that this is a special chapter for various reasons. I, th I think we all kind of have like our faves in the Bible based on where we are at that point in our lives. And, you know, just maybe what we're needing from God, you know, our current status with so many different things, maybe, you know, our, our prayers that have just been prevalent at that point. I remember sometime last year, maybe it was like the, the top of the year, it seems like months back, I heard something that definitely bothered me quite a bit. And what I heard was the voice of God saying that, um, that I have hate in my heart. And him saying that it, it bothered me and it, it broke me and I couldn't figure out where that came from. Why was I being told that I had hate in my heart? It's, you know, of course, those of you, you can hear God say something to you. And it's like, I think a lot of times our insecurities and maybe our emotions and personality, we might process something a certain way. We hear things a certain way for whatever reason, but that's just us. You know, again, that's that's our issue. It's not a God issue because he speaks one way. We hear something completely different. So I knew that when I heard him say that it wasn't um, it wasn't from anger. It wasn't, you know, from being chastised. It was almost like he dropped that little nugget in his, you know, in, in my spirit and spoke it to me. Of course, he's God. He already knows how I'm going to react. So I'm sure for him, it's he knew that I was going to try to figure it out. <laughs> what was going on and where it was coming from. I've always, I said before, you know, I, I released my, um, I want to say it was my very first book, my little pink book. And, you know, it has like devotionals and prayers and things like that. And I'd even put inside of that book how, you know, there was something called, I would always say like hashtag my C3 or my current three, because it's like God would kind of speak something to me in like a couple of different ways. And it's like on average, he would, uh, give it to me like three different times. And he knew it's almost like maybe him, him knowing <laughs> that I'm an overthinker. So he knows that I'm going to go out of my way to figure it out. I'm like, okay, why, why did God show me? Okay. This is the third time now that God has given me something about this book or this scripture or this story in the Bible or, you know, whatever the case might be. And it's like, that was a little game that we played together. And I know it sounds crazy, but it's like a, a fun game that I used to play with my, you know, with, with my father, with my heavenly father. And I just, I used to love it because it's almost like that's when he was looking to maybe see if I was paying attention. I think that's when he was training me, should I say, to know his voice and to know when he is speaking to me. So again, over the years, it's just been times where he would show me something a couple of times. It's like, by the time I saw it the second time, I'm like, okay, wait, he already, he already brought to mind that story from the Bible or, you know, that scripture, okay. So now if I see it a third time, I know that it's something he wants me to figure out and, you know, perhaps apply to my life. So I had a couple of examples of those in my little pink book. Um, you know, just that little thing that he and I would um that he and I would a lot of times just kind of do or whatever. So I I love it. I I love the fact that again, he and we just I know that if he places something, I say all that to say if he says something, it's he knows that I'm going to figure out the meaning. So again, when I heard him say that I had hate in my heart. It, it bothered me. It broke me because of course, you know, we hear the word hate and we take it as like a, you know, strong, you know, detest or something like that. I wanted to know where that was coming from. 
and him being the God that he is, I was led to Matthew chapter six. Reading Matthew chapter six, and I get all the way down to verse 24. And verse 24 says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and you will despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This verse is obviously super clear of what you can and can't do, huh? <laughs> and um, obviously we, we can see here, it's letting us know you must choose between a relationship with God or with possessions. You have to choose, do you want to be devoted to God or do you want to make everything about materialistic things and possessions and money? And of course me, I'm a hard worker. But I also had to, you know, of course, I've said that so much, you know, I'm a hard worker, I'm a workaholic and blah, 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 and all of those different things. And it's like, okay, what is it really? Is it that you're a hard worker? Okay, fine. Then why do you work so hard? And of course, me realizing, well, again, to, to make money, I want to make sure that I'm okay. I want to make sure that I have enough for tomorrow. I want to make sure that my finances are straight tomorrow. I want to be sure that, yeah, I know I have bread now but I want to make sure that I can eat tomorrow because I know what it's like. I can't even say that I know what it's like to not have like any food. I know what it's like to come close. I know what it's like to be worried because you want to ensure that that does not happen. Don't worry about tomorrow. That's what I want to talk about as we finish off this series. Don't worry about tomorrow. When it comes to food for today. I challenge and I urge you to not worry about tomorrow. As you have your Bibles open, I want to look at two particular verses that are in Matthew 6, where we already are right now. I want to look at verses 31 through 32. And Jesus says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all of these things? And your heavenly father knows that you need them. So verse 24 speaks of not serving two masters. It says either you're going to love one and hate the other. You're going to be devoted to one and despise the other. So I knew that in my case, God was showing me that that hate that I had in my heart was really based on me working so hard to make sure that I had money. I want money to make sure that my needs are met and a lot of my wants are taken care of. So I was always making everything about my efforts and my strength and my might and just doing all of these things, not trusting God with my tomorrow. So verse 24 speaks of not serving two masters. And then it goes into a passage that is headed, do not worry. Why would it say do not worry? Because we're not supposed to worry. It's really just as simple as that. We're not supposed to worry. And what we have to understand is that worry has the connotation of dividing separating and distracting, right? And we know that as believers, as Christians, as children of God, we can't worry and trust God at the same time because worry will destroy our single-hearted devotion. Back to Matthew 
Verse, you know, Matthew 6, 24, it says you will be devoted to one and you will despise the other. Obviously, we are supposed to be devoted to God, but worry will destroy that single hearted devotion. Now, when you look at verse 31, it says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Don't worry about what you will eat. Don't worry about what you'll drink. Don't worry about what you will wear. You have enough for today. You have food for today. You don't need to worry about leftovers. Either you trust God or you don't. And then verse 32, where it says, for the pagans run after all of these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. The pagans and the non-believers run after all of those things. They are the ones who are worried about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, what they're going to wear. It says the unbelievers. One translation even says these things dominate the minds of unbelievers. However, your father knows that you need these things. He knows that you need these things is what the verse says. And look at Philippians 4.19. It says, and my God will meet all of your what? All of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. He will supply all of your needs. All of them. So we don't have to worry about these things because it says that he is going to provide. He is going to look out for for us from what? From his glorious riches, his riches that never run out, his riches that are incapable of running out because of what we see in Psalm 50, 10. Go with me to Psalm chapter 50, verse 10. Psalm 50, verse 10 It says, for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. (laughs) All the earth belongs to the Lord. All of it. And back then, now a lot of what was going on is that the people, they, a lot of times they believed and they falsely assumed that God needed their sacrifices and needed their offerings. God is reminding them, hey, every animal already belongs to me. There is no lack with me. I don't need what you offer. He wants us to worship him and to praise him and to trust him. He's like, but I don't, I don't need those things. He just wants our worship. He wants us to offer thanksgiving. He wants us to depend on him. But he's saying, hey, I own cattle on a thousand hills. Now, cattle, what is cattle? Okay, let's let's have a little history lesson. Or should I say, what a class, I don't know. What is cattle? Now, when you look at the actual definition of cattle, it says large ruminant animals. And ruminant, it's uh, herbivorous mammals that acquire plant-based food. So it's large animals with horns and cloven hoofs. And, you know, they're domesticated for meat or milk or as beast of burdens, cows, all that other good stuff. Cattle, it's very important in society and in, in the world in general, because cattle, they're able to convert the energy in a way that we as humans, we are incapable of doing. <laughs> the cattle 
are able to convert energy in a way that we cannot do. Cattle also provides us with um, all these, you know, different byproducts, parts of the cow that are used to make, you know, products for home and health and food industry, all that other good stuff. Byproducts, you know, value added products other than beef that actually comes from cattle. Cattle is necessary. Okay. And God said that he, he alone, he owns cattle on a thousand hills. Saying that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, that is another way of saying that everything, as I said earlier, everything belongs to God. So again, every animal of the forest is his. It all belongs to him. He owns cattle, the things that we as humans need, right? He said that he will meet all of our needs, right? And then Psalm 8411, if I can go there, Psalm 8411, Psalm 8411. It says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. It says, no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless, from those who are good, from those who actually walk in the way that they are supposed to walk. So do not worry about things, okay? He will come through for you. God is going to meet your every need. You will have enough for today. You will have enough for tomorrow. You will have enough every single day because God cares for you. He loves you and he is going to provide for you. Matthew 6.33, it says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. All of what things? All these things, what things? Back up a little bit to Matthew 6.25 through 26. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. <laughs> Says they don't sow, they don't plant, they don't reap, they don't get anything back, nor do they store stuff away. <laughs> and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Are you not much more value? He says, they don't do any of those things and I still feed them. I still look after them. I still take care of them. They're not planting. They're not reaping. They're not saving and storing stuff away. And I still meet their needs. Why? Because those birds are part of what God created and they are dependent upon who created them. They know where their help comes from. And he goes through all of this and then goes into what? Can any of you? by worrying at a single hour to your life. So we'll spend hours worrying, time wasted. He says, and then why do you worry about clothes? You see how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them, but seek first 
his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own, enough for today. Food for today. Give us today our daily bread. Give us this day. You know, this is this is asking God to meet even our most mundane, basic needs that are needed to fulfill and accomplish all that he has called us to do. When we take the time to say, give us today our daily bread and give us this day, it's saying, hey, that is us petitioning him, saying, God, I need you to provide the basic things that I need in order to fulfill and accomplish what you have called me to do. So do not, my friends, worry about tomorrow. You are more valuable than the birds. That's Jesus talking in Matthew 6. He says, you're more valuable than them. And he fed those who were complaining even back in in Egypt. And they had enough. They had more than enough. He will provide for you. And that's what I want you to take away from this study. All right. Even if you feel like you don't have much right now, He's meeting all of your needs. And I mentioned already, you know, of course, how next month I am doing that two night class called to overflow. Because again, John 10, 10, Christ said that he came for us to live life more abundantly. And too many of us, we've been trying to get ahead and it's really not working. And I know a lot of times it's like we don't want to talk about money and prosperity and finances and things like that. But There are so many scriptures in the Bible on wealth, on money, on, you know, finances, on abundance, on overflow. And it's time for us to experience what he wants us to have. So this two night class, it's on finances and trust and wealth and savings, debts, everything. Let this be your year to experience the abundant life. All right. Again, it's February 18th and the 19th. You can sow any amount to be a part in your end. www.thejalministry.com forward slash overflow. I would love to have you in if you're saying, hey, I, I would like to, you know, maybe just, yeah, see my money go further. I would love to see what the Bible says about money. I really need to know the truth about, you know, you know, how to experience certain things and to make sure that it's, you know, that you're not borderline having hate in your heart, you know, or serving money or anything like that. So I would love to have you come in again, thejalministry.com forward slash overflow. While you're there, you can subscribe to the ministry. You can read, shop. You can even find my little pink book that I was talking about. And of course, you can sow as led into this ministry. You can connect with the social media accounts, join the 2021 Bible reading plan, So many different things that you can take part of. What I will say to you, even if you do none of those things, is God bless you. And I pray that you would learn to trust him today with your tomorrow. All right. Y'all have a great weekend. And of course, I will see you all or talk to you all on Sunday. Bye bye.